Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... Hello to my friend in Melbourne. This is a podcast while driving, so hopefully it's not too scary. Hopefully you won't hear me hear some screech at the end where I have a point and go, wow, bloody hell, I'll probably swear when I, when I die. Look, this, the story is that um, uh, yesterday I took my friend on a virtual walk through the Blue Mountains and to fill out the end, the last um, five minutes of um, the camera roll, the cameras go for 30 minutes and stop, I don't know how, how you vary it, but just as a blessing, so I can go on a short walk, um, take the person with me and just talk to them about various bits and pieces, upload it to YouTube, not that everyone can see it, it's unlisted, then I take it down a short time, a short time after. So you can't, you can't see it. Uh, and I did the periodic table, and uh, I stuffed it up. Indeed, I, I stuffed it up where I was supposed to go at the end from um, Yttrium to uh, uh, Lutetium. I went to uh, instead. I didn't go to Lutetium. I went instead to um, uh, Laurentium, and that got, that got me completely missed out gold and all that type of stuff. Uh, and, and then I sent, sent it to, uh, to her and um, uh, made a comment that I had yttrium and yttrium. Aren't they to the same, but I'll repeat myself. And it is indeed that um, I, I wrote back, look, there's uh, four elements named yttrium. Um, so it's yttrium, ytterbium, erbium and terbium. All three things, which basically is Swedish for outer village, or you'd say we'd probably say car park or rubbish dump, that that type of uh, type of stuff. Uh, so, so a mining village. Um, so I just coming here. Here it's just coming home. I just check around here. I am driving, so I'm trying to do it here. So look, what I thought I'd do. Uh, is um, after a brief explanation of why I'm doing podcasts and things like that, uh, go in and actually talk about the periodic table uh, from a big perspective, a big sort of life um, perspective. Uh, I, I'm obviously getting a different perspective of the periodic table from um, being a quantum physicist compared to what we dish up at school. Off, off you go. Uh, so the, the fare we dish up at school is bizarrely bland and and sort of misses the whole point of the periodic table. Whereas if you're a quantum physicist and had a bit of a knock on the head, periodic table's a, a way to reconnect with your science. So it's a pretty amazing, amazing thing to go. Okay, here we go. Whoa, going around. So um, that's a, coming up a continuum, but that's a bit of a hill start around there. Obviously I'm not doing a handbrake, I'm using the foot. I'm not using uh, what's called, I think I can remember this person talking about angel gear, where you just put it in neutral and allow your car to drift around the road. I like the idea of angel gear. Okay, getting getting back <coughs> back to it, keeping down the speed limit of course, no, that's good. Um, getting back to it, um, uh, that's what I'm going to do with the periodic table. The reason that I'm doing podcasts and podcasts while driving or or podcasts while walking and stuff like that is part of cognitive rehab and this is where um, 
you start off very low, um, just trying to have a conversation, remember one or two facts while boxing or while walking. It's sort of the brain neuroplasticity apparently works a lot better if you do things. I just um, nearly missed this, this turn off. Um, okay, so um, that's good. <laughs> so you, you've got your brain doing two things at once is much better. And it's sort of slow and doing podcasts, you get your, your sort of the feedback from listening to it and structuring it. And there's a number of things to do about the quality of your speaking, getting the speech there. And so I've probably done 2,700 recorded podcasts in the last three years as I've slowly gone along. Some of them have been in uh, horrendous wind conditions, the quality's bad, the plug's fallen out, it doesn't really matter, it's just... You know, the actual quality, the listener is the last thing you worry about. You, you are actually worried about uh, being able to put it, uh, put it together. Now, I'm actually going through this beautiful Blue Mountains village of Lura at the moment, nice and quiet. So Lura's sort of post the, when they lifted restrictions, Lura's gone mad. And uh, there's this general feeling of uh, horror that uh, the coronavirus will come up up here. I'm about to, to stop here. So when I uh, finish this particular break, I take a well, so the story is um, I um, go in the, uh, so occasionally uh, my son and combination of people sleeping at home and he misses the very early train all the way out to Katoomba. So Katoomba's at the top of the Blue Mountains, well, reasonably high up. There's a few higher points to it. Um, and um, I drive him in and it means that I drive him back and obviously part of the regime is you never miss an opportunity for rehab. Well I don't because there's no prize, there's no, uh, there's no prize for not re- rehabilitating you sort of, uh, and for best effort for just not being bothered. Okay thanks a lot, I'll be continuing after this. Okay recording again after that brief break would have been it's a bit longer for me <clears throat> but uh, what happens is you get up very or early in the morning grab breakfast uh, drive for an hour and I just uh, part of the thing uh, cognitive thing uh, also having a toilet break but also uh, means that you <coughs> break it up and so you don't put yourself at risk when you know that you've, you've got greater cognitive capacity and stuff like that. Uh, you'll extend in other areas, check you're okay, and when you've all clear, you go forward. It's all part of the very cautious approach. I should say that as a car comes roaring up towards me, not quite, in the mist up here in the Blue Mountains. <clears throat> so we, we've covered out why I'm doing the uh, podcast, the area here, just waiting for these cars to, to, to come around the roundabout. Sorry you're hearing the conversation about here. We've got to deal with the periodic table. And as I've said, the periodic table um, is basically taught at school by school teachers who've the best exposure they've had is the dreadful education that they've had. So it's intergenerational ignorance. Now, what I want to say is that the periodic table has obviously got structure to it. You, know, you look at it, it's a table, it's, it's got seven rows down, it's got a, a two, a ten, a six, and a fourteen strip across. Now the fourteen strip across is a uh, 
basically a uh, nothing special. It's a, a printing, not a printing bestow. It is a, it's a it's been produced by the printers. It's got nothing to do with science. The fact that the 14's down there, so they didn't know how to sleep, uh, sit the two between the two, the 14 between the two and the 10 um, uh, elements there. And so the, a real periodic table is not broken up to a neat table with a little sort of drawer underneath it. It's, it's one long extended, extended thing. It's sort of like a, a bed, one of those pull out sofa beds. Uh, and uh, uh, where it actually pulls up and the uh, actual 14 slots slots up. That's the first, almost the first thing. But this is, the important thing is that, that the two, 10, 6, 14, that's two times the odd numbers, there's a two or something. Now, um, if you were in, um, <clears throat> if you were um, basically an insensitive moron, you go to an airport, right, for instance, and you'd say, oh, look, they've doubled up for some reason. Oh, fuck. Just like doing that. I just had to accelerate into the traffic. Now, just pulling down to the speed limit, you bastard. He's in the lane going twice as fast now. Okay, it's also very cold outside and the windows are misting up and stuff like that. Okay, you're going into the, the airport and um, you notice that these bloody morons, there's there's a um, there's two sets of toilets here. Oh, they could get by with one. And then uh, they go and they say, oh, stupid here. There's a, there seems to be a dress shop here and an electronic shop over here. What's going on? Oh, look, those, those people, some people dress with pants, other people dress with shirts, skirts. That's so stupid. Oh, oh. And of course, um, what we know, obviously, is that there's two sexes in um, uh, the human race. And uh, you say, well, are there two sexes of elements? Well, it's so, sort of, it's sort of that, it's not that there's two sexes, but there's that, that uh, wake up, oh my god, there's two things. Now the reason is, the thing is, that there are, in actual fact, and brace yourself for it, brace yourself for it, honey, there are two universes. Now, I, I kid you not, um, there's two universes, I uh, just more mist coming up here, it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a, a um, a drive down through here. Here's coming up, and the problem is the mist, the the, the uh, um, heater makes noise. You can pick that up, but it also um, makes you feel sick. So you can only do it for a certain not not violently sick, but sort of like blah. it's not not the most pleasant. Okay, we're back again. So yeah, there are two universes, and the two universes are called spin up and spin down. Now. The big shock is that you're not told this at school, and people's automatic uh, response to there is something I've not told by school, I'm going to attack and maim the person who tells me. However, spin up, spin down, it's the stuff that um, computers are, are operated on, it's the uh, stuff that MRI 
um, scans operate. It's the very basis of it. It's the actual basis of the periodic table, why there's two of everything. And um, so your, um, your, your groups, your elements, there's 118 uh, elements, but it, there's uh, the odd elements and the even elements. And the uh, odd elements uh, and uh, even elements are pretty much, they've got, although the next one, the extra one is spin up, spin down. Now, this is a complex uh, subject, but what it means is that um, when you have the spin up and spin down components together, the element is more stable. And that is really the first thing to observe in the periodic table, is that the even nuclei, um, even number of protons in your nucleus, they're more abundant. And this is sort of like the most striking aspect of the periodic table, is that if you plot the abundance um, overlay on the periodic table, you will get a piece of corrugated iron. The evens will be high, and the odds will be troughs. So you can imagine it like that. And so um, things like uh, oxygen and um, carbon uh, are more abundant. Uh, you've got uh, iron is more abundant than nickel. Um, uh, say lithium is less abundant than beryllium. Uh, helium is super abundant. There's, there's a reason, reason for it. Uh, and, and so this is your very first thing to see is that your periodic table uh, reeks of, I shouldn't say the sexuality of the universe, but the entire universe is a superposition of spin up and spin down. Now, uh, if, if you can imagine um, what's you if you could imagine it, um, you would. Um, what is it? You, you live in a world where spin up and spin down, down is not apparent because it's everywhere. You can't you can't see it. However, a if I have a, a particle, a spin up particle, and I have a spin down particle, I can put them on not next to each other, but through each other. They're in the same universe, but there's two separate universes. Now, uh, what is so difficult is, of, if you can imagine your class full of preschoolers and stuff like that, this is extremely hard to explain, especially when um, the, the, the other teachers don't know it, uh, the parents don't know it, it's not in the books, except except in the quantum physics books and in the advanced science books. It's not explained, except for when you actually want to do a calculation. You, you have to say, oh look, it's spin up, spin down. And the, the other thing is that the, the particles slide through each other like ghosts. Now, if I can just stop on, uh, the, we've got hydrogen which is interesting. Helium is interesting because it's got a series of particles of it, which is, is sort of really, really fascinating. Um, uh, so helium has two protons, two neutrons, two electrons. It's sort of like the, the classic nuclear family. Not quite. No, is it? In, in, in terms of two of everything, but uh, probably a bit more, I was thinking male, there is a male-female aspect to it. So the two protons, there's one spin-up proton and one spin-down proton. Therefore, the actual proton looks like a single object. They're, they're, it's, 
the actual position of one proton is directly above the other proton. That is, it's the central. If you place a, a proton at the axis of zero zero zero, the next proton is also at the axis zero zero zero, but it's actually got a third, a fourth dimension. Okay, so uh, the the first one is spin up, zero 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 spin up. The next one is zero 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 spin down. Then the next one, next thing you put in a neutron. The neutron is actually placed uh, spin uh, up and spin down. The neutron is like another dimension, and so that particle is also uh, goes on top. The electron is yet another dimension, and the dimensionality of the entire universe can be seen in a single helium atom. That is, all components of the atom lie at the position zero, zero, zero. And now, this outrageous people, yeah, this is not what I've, I see drawn in my textbook. I get uh, these two electrons I can see separate and I can see the neutron and the protons separate. Well, we can take this two ways. Well, there's a couple of ways of doing it. Firstly, your helium balloon floats because the helium cannot stick to each other because it's of this configuration, this zero, zero, zero or origin configuration. Its shape, everything about it is, is there because of <clears throat> But what is more is that the um, uh, picture that you have in your book uh, and that you teach your kids and you pay teachers to teach, you pay bureaucrats to find, fund it, is actually um, the mad um, imaginations of someone who watched um, 1920s countries and westerns, uh, loved soccer, was aggressive, was a bully, was sponsored by a beer company. His institute was a beer company institute. The beer company Carlsberg in um, Denmark had too much money. Uh, they wanted a tax break. Uh, they got the royal... Uh, um, to get the royal stamp on their beer, they had to in invest in a royal institution. They had their own research laboratory, a beer research laboratory, and um, they got their scientist involved in it. His name was Niels Bohr from a beer, I kid you not, your children are taught by a mad Danish person who, when he got the Nobel Prize, the beer company pumped beer into his house, free beer into his house. So I don't know what that, that really means, quite honestly, but um, I don't know if there's a tap there or, you know, ho, 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 we're doing Denmark, Denmark, Denmark. Uh, now, the thing is that he came up with the planetary atom uh, in, oh, I don't know, 1916. By 1920 to 23, it was junked. Now, it was junked for several reasons. One is um, that um, the the spin surface of this these particles would spin so fast that it would spin faster than the speed of light. That was one of the reasons. There was just so many reasons. The, the atom that he proposed would blow up and destroy the universe. That's probably a small reason why not to go. Uh, it was discovered to be absolutely stupid. 
and it comes up with the general idea that an atom, which is obviously not empty space, people will say quite confidently, and incredibly, it's full of empty space. Well, it's it's like our solar system is mostly empty space. Well, yeah, or we should we should go into that a bit more. But that's not true for an atom. An atom. Um, exists, in actual fact, right through the entire universe. It's one of the harder things to, things to get. There is no boundary condition that says the atom doesn't stop at in, anywhere. In fact, atoms um, uh, are these incredible, not incredible things, they don't have surfaces. There is no surface in an atom. There's a surface that you perceive with a whole lot of atoms together in a... Um, is a physical sensation of a surface uh, in a, um, uh, a say an apple you pick it up it feels like a surface however if you were actually to measure it with an atomic force microscope the atomic force microscope would not detect a surface there are no surfaces in an atom there's actually fact because there's no surfaces in the mathematics and the mathematics is perfect it's the most tested successful theory so we have proven over and over again that what is taught at school is incorrect and we have proven over and over again that that, that day in a Austrian Vienna cafe when Schrodinger wrote down the Schrodinger wave equation on the on a serviette there the quantum physics was born on a serviette and the world has, has gone on that path. On that path, we've built atomic bombs, computers, new drugs, uh, a modern world we have built. And afterwards, there's uh, really, can I say, basically stupid teachers who have kept alive a culture of stupidity into our schools. Getting, getting back to it. The other aspect of the atom is uh, the liquid drop atom, those little, you know, that, that, uh, those little circles. Now that circle, that was proposed by, guess who, Niels Bohr in 1936. It got published once before it was decided to be completely stupid. Partly because um, it uh, would not, uh, something like that, would not sustain a um, the simplicity, the... Um, uh, you can imagine something like that and you squeeze it and push it, it would, it would scrunch and feel... You, know, you can imagine a bag of marbles, the bag of marbles one. You'd be able to rearrange it and scratch it and stuff like that. Now, of course, on the internet you can find complete shits who have not been to school, or no, sorry, who have been to school, have been taught complete bollocks by their teachers and... Um, uh, they um, uh, would then f therefore say, well, if my teacher can make up crap, so can I, and I can put it on the internet. And other people who are unskilled will look at it and say, oh. Now, so the actual story of what a nucleus is like is a bit like, I've got to get my speed down here, it's called the Saxon Briggs model. Essentially, it's a quantum mechanical model. Uh, and the beautiful of a quantum mechanical model is that you, the things slide through each other, everything is perfect, and it's like a crystal glass, it's all perfect, and you can hit it, and it goes, ee! and this ping of a nucleus is this beautiful, pure 
note of a quantum mechanical nucleus. So every x-ray you take, every piece of radioactivity out there produces these beautiful notes, which are spectra, these notes of a beautifully ordered quantum mechanical nucleus, um, which is sings at a beautiful frequency. Some, some are, are, are so beautiful, like uh, cobalt um, 60, I think it is, cobalt 60. Uh, it's t uh, twisted and spinned so that it can only produce a harmony of two identical notes. So when the cobalt um, uh, decays, it can't decay by a single pulse because it's uh, a single note because it's symmetry forbidden. Symmetry forbidden because of the way it's twisted together, it's, uh, the way that it's um, the, this, the, 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 the what can I say? Cobalt, if you want to have your cancer treated, you will die if you have been taught at school. If you allow quantum mechanics into your life, the uh, cobalt will produce the twin x-rays, the twin gamma rays, and you will get a, get this very pure, pure radiation. So what is sort of so overpowering doing the uh, periodic table, just having a check up over here, road work ahead, yep, she was okay, crossing over, check, I don't know, don't have to really worry about that much, and they're doing nothing, what the heck, okay, going back, check, okay, so, um, yeah, so from the very start, all of science is screaming, screams at you that um, what you're taught at school is wrong. But what they teach two things at school. They teach incorrect science and contempt of scientists. And with those two things, you can sustain incorrect science from generation to generation. Okay, so we have the fact that the periodic table is spread into a male and female aspect, if you'd like to do it, a spin up, a spin down, and that um, the um, more complete elements are the even elements, and there's twice as many of them. And so that's just the most incre incredible aspect of it. Then we've got the, what's going on with the um, 2, 6, 10, 14? Well, 2, 6, 10, 14 is uh, to do with uh, how, if I've got an atom, uh, I've got a nucleus, I suppose, uh, well no, electrons, electrons on the outside, and they're not points, but they're these fuzzy large things, explained by quantum mechanics, which do not have a surface, they've got no inside or outside. And they also have the property is that the less of it is, the less they are, the bigger they are. So that's another aspect of quantum physics. Quantum physics basically says things are a wave and um, really heavy, massive, solid things um, have a short frequency wave. So if you can imagine a, um, something very heavy hit it, it's got very high frequency, something very light, it's got a very low frequency going through. 
electrons are very light and they are very puffy and they're so big that they are completely puff and the puff of the electron explains the puff of why something is solid the puff of why the earth is here why you are standing on this huge conglomeration of puffy electrons and so not only um, uh, do does education as we have it at the moment uh, give people the impression that they can be stupid and arrogant they do not understand that they are standing on quantum mechanics um, they, 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 their physical bulk is explained by quantum mechanics uh, and stuff like that now we get back down, down to the atom if you imagine a, a a bun you know dough for a bun for a scone and that's sort of what an electron is like. If you have a simple, uh, a simple piece of um, bun, that's it's the s orbitals. They're the twos. If I get some orbital and I got my bun and I get my knife and I, I cut it in the centre, I don't separate it into two, but I cut it in the centre, make it into two lobes. That's the p orbitals or the six. If I cut it twice. That's the D orbitals, that's the, the middle transition metals. And if I cut it three times, it's the F block. Now, what people are saying is, what on earth is going on? Uh, because the more I cut it, the smaller it gets, and the more inside it gets. Because atoms, as you add parts, do not get bigger. They only get heavier. It's sort of like this uh, beautiful case you're going overseas on one of your cruises to whatever it is you're going to you send your Facebook pictures of and um, you firstly you put in your first puffy flint pink nighty something like that puts in it fills the entire case. Now what happens is by the time you get up to something like uranium or something like that you've got 200 well, no, sort of 90 90 90s that you put in and the 90s actually sit through each other in space because the 90s or your electrons do not have a surface inside or outside now so it happens that the more you cut it up the more close it can go inside so you actually get um, these atoms all atoms are pretty much within a range of factor of 10 the same size they're the same size even though they've got a factor of a hundred times different number of electrons the reason that is is because the electrons do not occupy physical space the way you are taught at school now I'm just checking on this guys okay clear okay so fundamental fact so your periodic table is screaming quantum physics at you yet um, people are um, yet how does it not convey quantum physics to kids the simple answer is a ignorant poorly qualified school teacher who has learnt from ignorant teachers in their past has an ignorant textbook in and has an ignorant examination system which gets the kid to draw what they have been taught and rewards them by that's it so the complete picture of the atom the uh, 
the little atom that you would imagine is a complete um, fiction. Um, that is, it is fiction like an elf or something like that. That is, that there is no experimental evidence for it. It is something that I can recognise because it's, it's, it's a cultural thing, it's a cultural expression, but it's not actual physical stuff. So we've got the periodic table doubled for the male-female spin-up um, with this ripple of um, abundance. And then you've got the, the other aspects of it, that the large sections of the periodic table uh, are due to um, uh, the way that the actual electrons are sliced. Now, this is the more incredible thing. Now, the entire uh, confusion here is that an atom comes from the Greek word cannot cut. A tome is tomography. Tomography is cutting. Toma is that's cutting. And A means can't. I can't cut it. Well, indeed, we do break up electrons every time I cook something, every time a plant grows, every time you breathe, you are breaking up electrons, uh, breaking up atoms. That is, the atom as a whole has an electron with it. So this is. You cannot split the electron. You cannot split the atom. You can't. This is. There's a whole heap of confusion, confusion here, uh, and um, uh, so, so you, you you can do it. And the the entire aspect of it, the entire shape of your body, the shape of your proteins, are all based on the these symmetry. So you've got all this, um, all this uh, coming coming to you. Now there are other chemical properties um, of it. And this is sort of, um, oops, um, and this is perhaps the, the other surprising thing, is that the periodic table, in terms of chemical properties, uh, does, well, you, you can actually say there are trends across the periodic table, but it's sort of like um, uh, going to um, a local shop's, um, uh, uh, local shops, medium central area, a big central shopping centre, the actual structure of these little areas are repeated. So uh, you'll, you'll have a, a small, um, say, hairdresser open one day a week at your local shops. Going up more, you'll get a, um, a beauty salon, and the next, next one you'll get a huge amount of the stuff. Now, what's saying is that there is repeated symmetry in the periodic table between the blocks. There are four blocks in the periodic table, the S, P, D, and F block. S to the left, P to the right, D to the center, and F sitting underneath, underneath the bed, if you like. Now, that underneath the bed is got no science in it. The, the F and the bed, the F underneath the bed of the periodic table is just an artifact of a printer. Someone who wants to make a poster. It's easier to sell an A2 or A3 poster. It is harder to, to sell what would be a 2A4 poster because a periodic table really should be a 2A4 um, landscape. Next, next to each other. So that's the only reason. There is no science in that. And, and furthermore, the actual way that they have actually 
organized it, they've actually misplaced elements in the periodic table. They've put things which should be in D block and F block in order so that they can sell, sell their periodic table. This should be a scandal, but it's not, because all you have to do is be stupid and also arrogant, and uh, if ever a scientist should tell the education department that they have uh, done wrong, and they are basically, sci in terms of uh, scientific, you've got child protection laws and stuff like that, in terms of science protection laws, they are criminals. The only thing to do is do what you do in the Mafia, is make that person disappear. Uh, I, I just can't say it's, it's, it is as horrible, uh, as horrible as that. Now, what I was trying to say is that your S block, D block, P block, F block are images of each other. That is, the least reactive elements um, are um, um, at the extreme right of those S blocks. So, in the S block, the first, so it's just two rows, the left one is more reactive than the right one. In the D block, the most extreme things, this is your zinc, cadmium, mercury, are least reactive. Mercury is the most noble gas of those metals, it's so much so that it is a liquid. Then you've got your noble gases, so going from metallic across within that P block, and the D block is uh, the F block is the same. Now the F block is pretty interesting. The F block is called uh, the lanthanides or the rare earths, because what's happening is that as you go down in the m amount of times that you cut through your atom, the electrons, outer electrons, cut up and sink deeper and deeper into the atom. And what is happening is that by the time um, the uh, all the uh, by the time you you go to these different blocks, the splendor factor reduces and reduces until you finally get um, something where the elements are almost identical, so identical that they are almost chemically impossible to separate. This is what the F blocks like. The F block was discovered in Sweden. In fact, that's, that's basically the Swedish block. So you go down through, let's go, Scandium um, is, um, uh, yeah, so, so it's Scandium, uh, Yttrium, Scandium, Scandinavia, Yttrium, after the uh, car, Swedish for car park, car park, Lutetium, Sword, it's it's the same name for Paris, discovered by Swedish people. Let's go down. Latin means hidden. Cerium, uh, um, which is going across, means um, name. It's one of these ones of. Oh, we have discovered these asteroids. We're going to name the asteroids out. Cirrus is actually uh, uh, refers to um, uh, the um, this little. Microplanet. Again, there is a planet between Mars and Jupiter. It's called Ceres. It's actually a small dwarf planet. We don't teach it at school, partly because it's there. NASA is sending a mission to it, 
everyone knows it's there. You study it at all. It's, it's a little circular plantoid, small series, and it's named after it. And um, uh, it's there in the periodic table. It's there in space. You can't t- point your telescope at it because it's so small, but we know about it. We're sending a mission to it. It's there. It is actually a small planetoid actually between Mars and Jupiter in ex- almost the exact place that fits the, the um, positions, right? However, if you say that in a star frame, so we, you can look it up on Wikipedia, you can fly to it, NASA is flying to it, observing it, there is it in the periodic table. However, all you have to do to make that fact go away is to knock off your scientist in your staff room. That's all you have to do. Okay, but get, get, get a series. Uh, you've got. Um, um, it's at. Um, Prism, uh, Promethean, which is an artificial atom, uh, an artificial element. So there are these real genuine gaps in the periodic table. That is, the. Nature cannot. There's uh, gaps which um, people couldn't hadn't discovered. There are gaps that even nature couldn't work out how to do. And there's a sort of a reason, a couple of reasons why praseodymium and technetium are the two gap holes in the uh, periodic table. So it has not not been discovered by the Swedish people. Then you've got neodymium and praseodymium. Means one, their twins are so similar now. So all these elements here that they couldn't separate, they found in orbit, but they couldn't separate them because they're so chemically similar. Neodymium, praseodymium. Now neodymium is more common. It's an even element. Praseodymium is less rare. One means new twin. The other, dinium means twin. Uh, praseodymium means green twin because it had a green coloured soul. Uh, then there's samarium. Samarium. This is the only um, element named after a Soviet administrator, a Soviet mine administrator who was running a um, gulag. And uh, one aspect is, according to the Soviet records, he was a, a hero of the Soviet Union. According to the people working underneath him, he was an absolute bastard. And in order to, for, to promote him, they have actually uh, named... They named a, um, a mineral after him, Samarite, uh, and that mineral had the element Samarium. So there is one element. We've got Curium, all the heroes, Einsteinium, Nobilium, uh, Rotgonium, Copernicum. You've got all these beautiful, great scientific names. Two women, Curium and um, Metrium. Um, uh, Metria is a German scientist, uh, female scientist who worked, um, I think, before the wars, something like that. Um, but you know, these, these, these heroic things, and you've got sitting in the periodic table a Soviet m- m- uh, mine administrator. He got there because uh, the people named the the ore after him. The ore contained an element, so it was sort of reversed there. Then you've got. Europium, that is, this is where the Swedes are coming uh, again. Uh, Gallium, Gadium, I can't pronounce it properly. I keep on hoping I I do so. He is a Swedish scientist. Um, Terbium is after the the second time that this is named after the Swedish um, village. 
sort of car park of the um, the mining village. It means outer village, Terbium. Now, the interesting thing is that Terbium and Erbium were... The Erbium should be where Terbium is and Terbium should be where Erbium is, but it occurred because the scientist who was identifying him picked the wrong bottle from the shelf. So you've got a mix-up there in the periodic table. And this is from very early on. How can you mix something up in the periodic table? It's, well, it's only a small window of opportunity to do so uh, when you first come across. Now, I just... How are we going for a time? Yeah, okay. I'll just see if I can get in because I may, I may have to drive my daughter in. Okay, so you've got... Um, Terbium um, dysprosium, which is not Swedish, it's just because uh, this is perhaps um, uh, this is dysprosium, it's not a common one, it's an odd, odd element, uh, but it's also um, uh, means difficult, tricky uh, than um, dysprosium, so it's heavy. Holmium means. Stockholm, Stockholm, uh, 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 Erbium is the fourth time they've tried to name the car park outside, well it's not a car park, it's a boat park, it's a little island off in the bay of, bay of whatever it is, Stockholm, and then um, uh, Thormium is the ancient, um, ancient um, name for Sweden. And then uh, the final one in this list is um, uh, Yetrium, which is again trying to name it after the car park. So you've got this whole line of the periodic table, just absolutely so Swedish, so boring. So now the interesting thing is that the the one after that is Lutetium, and then you go up. So row three, because you've got row one, so column one, column two. We call it column three, but really it's column um, oh, 17, because you've got 14 put in there. And so the next one along is Lutetium. Now, of course, the people who have managed to politically get themselves up into the printing and consulting and all the hoo-ha of the periodic table have actually uh, convinced everyone that they're the ones that should be consulted even though they have not done first year quantum mechanics or, or had or lived or spoken to quantum physicists. And we, sorry, this, uh, there's a lot more to the periodic table which I could talk about but we're running out of time now. Because I'm coming home, I just want to check that I've got, got everything here. But it's you can see that the quantum thing is it's sort of like um, oh, I don't know a monument to Pol Pot. Uh, it's 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 got a significance, and it's uh, got a different significance. It's got significance to the people who are running it by ignorance. Um, it's sort of like this, sort of like. Um, uh, sort of, I hate to say it, it's a bit like um, promoting Auschwitz as an example of efficiency and uh, order. It's not 
not quite. It's, it's just that it's got such incredibly different meaning to a quantum physicist who would love to actually share quantum physics insight, advanced science with people. And unfortunately, advanced science is based on maths, which you cannot imagine. This is why science took a little bit to get going. Uh, we we uh, uh, have got things which show us in front of us, and the actual long story, the long truthful story, is that the truth is that a unqualified, misguided, miseducated, arrogant, um, um, what's the word? It's a word for, for someone who is negligent, but, but a happy negligent person. Someone who will just, you know, park over the flower bed and just laugh. <laughs> that type of person. That, that, that's what we've got. And I really want to take, take things in a different direction. And it's just taken a lot of effort to go through. So thanks a lot for listening. It sounds ranty and raving, but I hope it's interesting. See you. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, you down in Melbourne. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.